1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. I think the Bucs are going to be okay. Just throwing
2: that out there. Do you? I think they're going to be okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I think the Bucs are going to be okay.
3: Why do you think that?
2: I think that Chris Middleton has not been playing, and I don't think people realize how important he actually is to all of it. Mm-hmm. And when I say okay, I'm not suggesting that they're the best team in the East or anything like that. I just... I don't know. I have this weird feeling they're going to be okay, and I know beating the Sixers without what a is beat. okay though. Yeah, what does yeah, conference finals.
0: So the conference finals. They just got to avoid Miami. It, it has to be the floor for that team. Conference finals. Yeah, don't you think? Uh, I mean, I would agree when yeah, you got Doc Dame and Giannis on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know how you can have so much confidence in a Doc Rivers coach squad that everything is going to be okay. It
2: just feels like everything's going to be reversed now. They're like all the hate towards Doc is going to like actually make them good. I don't know. I have a weird thought about Milwaukee that maybe they're going to be okay.
3: But what changed your mind on it? They're winning.
2: Like they're now they beat a- the Sixers? Well, that, that's what makes you
0: feel
3: great yeah, about it? Exactly.
2: It's better than losing. Sure, but
0: it's
3: not a the, big okay, confidence they win. They beat the
0: Sixers without Joel Embiid? That, that's what makes you feel like everything is going to be all exactly. right? Exactly.
2: That's why I was wondering. Well, I'm not saying everything's going to be all right and perfect. I don't know. I just have a weird feeling that things are going to be okay for the Milwaukee Bucks. That so they're going to hover around the conference finals. And I think when you look at the Eastern Conference now, the Knicks are banged so up. So feet to the fire,
0: you think they're going to make the conference finals?
2: If they avoid Miami in early rounds. No,
0: it's not well, they if they can't avoid Miami. Miami. It's not if they avoid Miami. Feet to the fire, do you think they're going to get to the conference finals? Yes, I do. And why
3: don't you think they could beat Miami?
2: Well, they've had a terrible history against them, and they're completely sure. unafraid of them. I think that there are some teams that would play against Milwaukee and, and somewhat be fearful of them. I don't think Miami is one of them. I don't think Boston's one of them, obviously. I don't think Boston should be afraid of anyone. I do wonder about Boston's depth, though. I mean, we're going to talk about Phoenix's depth after they win yesterday against the Lakers, but I do wonder about their depth as well. And that Western Conference is insane, right? I mean, you look at the top of the Western Conference. Anuno, our producer, has asked the question, and it's an interesting one, as to which one of these teams, 5, six, seven, and 8, can graduate to a true contender? Sacramento, Phoenix, New Orleans, and Dallas – I only think Phoenix of that group. I'm not I'm not ready to say anything about Dallas graduating to contender status. I just don't trust them because of the point guard. Not, I, not Luka, yeah. obviously.
0: Yeah, I guess that would be the team that I would probably circle and say, I believe they can get to that point. I just don't – I mean, if you're Phoenix, I, I get that you have a really good big three – but they don't play a lot of defense either. Like Phoenix is not great defensively, and at some point you got to stop somebody. Mm-hmm. Like at least I know with Dallas they have somebody that can be somewhat of a rim protector. They've got a front court player in PJ Washington now that can stretch the floor, that gives Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving a little more room to operate. I just like what they're building, and, and and again, like I said, Tim Legler said that last week when he was on the show with us that the Mavs can go on a deep playoff run. Take a listen. You have Dallas, which I think is, they're really going to open some eyes, I think, here the really? last 25 games. Yes, Dallas looks really? scary to me. Mm-hmm. with the two. With those two acquisitions were not talked about, trading deadline, right? Gafford and P.J. Washington. They now can go the entire game with a legitimate 6'10 and up athletic big with Lively or Gafford. They don't have to go small lineups where they're playing an undersized guy at the 5 at Powell or Kleba. They've got a legitimate shot-blocking rim-running center on the floor at all times. And PJ Washington is just a better fit, a little bit more of a complete player than Grant Williams. So they upgraded
1: both spots. Kyrie looks energized right now. I know, look, I know those we know how Kyrie is, that could go away at some point. But right now, they look scary to me as a team that could legitimately make a run all the way to the conference finals.
2: So I I hear what Legs is saying. I just I have a I have to believe I have to see to believe it, honestly, because I just don't trust Irvin. I, I just can't. I well, just can't.
3: That's the point when he said there about Kyrie, but that could go away. That's what shies me away from believing in them. Is because you're right. You have to 100 percent believe that you're going to get this consistently from Kyrie Irving, and I just can't go there.
0: Well, hold on. If Kyrie is on the court, then I can go there. Like the the quest, the biggest question I have about Kyrie Irving is: Is he going to be on the court? Mm-hmm. Like, but if he's going to show up for work. <laughs> then I have no problems with projecting the Dallas Mavs to go on a deep playoff run and find themselves in the Western Conference Finals because Kyrie is just that good. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got two guys that can get to the rim or get to their shot at will. I mean, there there are not a ton ton of NBA teams that have that, but the Dallas Mavericks legitimately have two guys that can do that, in Luka and in Kyrie. And now I think they have the requisite pieces – that surrounding those guys that complement them, right? You've got bigs that can knock down shots. You've got a rim runner in Derek Lively, the second. You've got PJ Washington. You've got Gafford coming off the bench that can knock down some open shots. Not to mention some other guys, some other bigs that could be in the rotation. You have the pieces that it's gonna take in order to get there. So it's just a matter of those guys staying healthy and being on the court at the same time. We really didn't see that last year after the trade deadline with those guys on the court at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they were still trying to figure that out in the first part of this year. But it seems like water has found its level with those two those two players, being able to coexist and share the basketball. And so that's why I think they're, they're going to take off in the second half. I completely agree. Out of those teams that are, what, a half a game apart in the Western Conference, the number five through the number eight teams in the West, I would say that the Dallas Mavericks are the one that I have the most confidence in getting to the conference finals.
2: I'm curious to know if you guys are writing some of these teams off. I want to throw some teams at you. You tell me if you're writing them off. And when I say writing them off, I mean getting uh, the ability to get to the conference finals. Let's look at it that way. Okay, so Eastern Conference, Philadelphia, 33 and 24. Obviously, no Embiid. There's been all kinds of reporting that maybe he does come back during the, regular, the March. Yeah, they're in, saying in the, the March, regular yeah. season. They're the five seed now, half game up on Indy. Game and a half up on Miami and Orlando. Are you writing Philly off? No. no. Okay? No. Uh, not My- with the
3: potential for Embiid to return. No, no way. I'm not.
2: Miami, thirty one and twenty five. They've won three in a row, seven and three in their last ten. Are you writing Miami off?
3: No, cannot.
2: No. Okay. Um Western Conference, some teams, are you writing them off? We've established we're not writing off Phoenix and we're not writing off Dallas, right? Correct. In terms of getting to the conference final, I'm not going to be insulting and say Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Denver, and the Clippers, the top four seeds. Obviously, some of these teams are not going to get to the conference finals. Are you writing off the Lakers to get to the conference finals? Yes. Because? They don't play defense and they hurts. can't
0: shoot. They can't shoot. They don't play defense. They can't stop teams from shooting from deep. Their perimeter defense sucks. So, yes, I'm riding the Lakers off. Smalls?
3: Yeah, I don't think I can go there either. It feels like after... Um, and not dramatic trade deadline that they're waiting for next season. I don't think we're going to see it out of them this year.
2: Golden State at 29 and 27. They're the 10 seed right now in the Western Conference. They're 10 and a half games back of the one. More importantly, they're about four games back of the six to get out of the play in. Played very well recently, eight and two in their last 10. Had a bad loss last night after a great start against Denver. Are you writing them off?
0: Yes. And it's and, and no disrespect to what we've seen from them. It's just I think the West is so deep right now. Klay Thompson was great last night. He had 16 points in the first quarter, but it it's too, 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 too little, too, too few, too often, too not often enough. Actually, where Klay Thompson is that that bona fide third option for. The Golden State Warriors, I just think they need more from him consistently Mm. in order to be a viable contender, and I don't think he's capable of giving it at this stage in his career.
3: It has been infrequent, but coming off the heels where I wrote off the Kansas City Chiefs all season long and then they won the Super Bowl, I feel like I can't do the same thing to Steph Curry and the Warriors without it coming back to bite me in some way.
2: Yeah, I'm not writing them off either. Are there any other perennial contenders or teams that, that people think are really good that you guys would say, I don't buy it, I'm writing them off right now? Knicks, all the injuries. Thirty-four and twenty-three. They're the four seed. The Pacers are the six seed. We know they score a ton of points. I don't know that anyone expects them to get to the conference finals. Minnesota and Oklahoma City are the one and the two in the West, both forty and seventeen. Um, now, again, Denver and LA Clippers are the three and the four. So somebody's obviously are not getting to the conference finals. Sacramento is the five seed. I can't see them getting to the conference finals.
0: Yeah, I just don't trust Sacramento's second option, right? De'Aaron Fox is unbelievable. But, I mean, Sabonis, do we really trust that he is going to be that guy that can step up and give you 30 on any given game in the postseason? I don't. Like, he struggled in postseason last year. What was that series against the Golden State Warriors? I think he averaged 16 points a game in that series. So, I mean, can you rely on Sabonis to to carry the load, to shoulder the, the scoring burden if the opposing defense shuts down De'Aaron Fox? I don't know that we're there yet with Sabonis' overall game. Like, I, I know he's a good player overall, but in terms of him being a scorer, I don't know that we're there yet, which is why I'm fading him when it comes to going on a deep playoff run.
2: All right, uh, we are on Sportsman Like presented by Progressive Insurance. I wanted to bring up one other thing here that I heard over the weekend that um, I don't know how this works because I've been out of the game for a long period of time, and even when I was in the game, I had no game. Um, on a first date, I heard about somebody bringing flowers to someone else. Is that the move on first dates No. In 2024?
3: No. On a first date? Probably not.
2: No. When do you bring the flowers? Not on the first date. Second date? Third date? No, nah, it's, it's got to be after
0: the third date. Is after the third date, then, then all of a sudden, there's, there's something there.
3: After the third date, we're hanging out.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we talking. We, it's we, not we,
3: like, we... oh, we're, we're introducing first no, date, no, second no, date. No, like, no, oh, no. we're, we're going to hang out Yeah, if we more.
0: get to a third date and I'm going to see you after the third date, if there's going to be a fourth date, then yeah, I can bring you flowers there. So, entering the fourth date. What yes. about date three? no. No. So you arrive, wait, third, play this The out. third date is critical, Spaws. The third date is key.
3: <laughs> but I the, know third da-
0: the third date is key.
3: But some people might think because it is the critical third date that they're going to go above and beyond. That just
0: makes you feel, that makes you seem thirsty. I don't know, it just feels thirsty. like it, just, it makes you seem thirsty. I mean, if a guy bought you flowers on the third date, wouldn't you like, oh, a little too eager, a little thirsty?
3: No, I think I would think it was so sweet. You would think it's
2: sweet? Yeah. Okay. Wait, so Cece, rewind the time here because you're most recently married between the two of us, right? Yeah. So you're going on a third date with your wife. You bring her flowers. At that point, it's, oh boy. Like you made a mistake in your mind. Like I could not even comprehend the idea of a third date bringing my wife, well now wife, so then girlfriend. Yeah. Or, or not even girlfriend at that time.
0: So on the third date, between me and my wife, I took it to Sipping and Paint and I bought a bottle of wine, a nice bottle of wine, Camus Special Selection, oh, a the Magnum date. bottle. Yeah. Because it's Sipping Paint. Great. So it's like, hey, I got a real nice bottle of wine. We got Sipping and Paint, and then we did dinner afterward. So that was me bringing something, a gift that we could oh, both share. Hold did on. you paint? You yeah, did. Yeah, of course. Wait did a minute. Sipping
3: Paint. You did an activity and a dinner. Yeah. You might as well have brought flowers. You showed your hand.
0: I, I did. I did. But yeah, I did. what's the
2: difference in that what do you, spot? What do
0: you mean? It's not flowers. It's not flowers. It, no, it but was, you
2: made a great effort. I give you credit. I, I
0: made a great effort. I had a great, great game plan, and I executed to a and we got the dub. That's all that matters. <laughs> we got the dub. I got a wife. We, we were got the dub. Shooter, See, shoot, that's man. the thing. We, we shooter, shoot. Would, shoot shooter, shoot. Should shooter shoot. they bring
3: shoot. flowers? Is, is shooting nah, your shot? No,
0: listen. I think, I think bringing the wine for the sip and paint was the way to go. Oh, Please I'd rather have know. the camus
3: than the flowers. Make no mistake that's about that. <laughs> but that's
0: what I'm saying. But get don't little, you think I'm... So, get a little social lubricant in there. <laughs> that's
3: right. While you're sipping and painting. I love camus. Exactly.
0: Beautiful exactly. bottle
2: of wine. I feel like on TV shows and movies, first dates, the people show up with the flowers to the door. They knock on the door, right?
3: Did, did you bring flowers in the first date?
2: No, I didn't realize my first date was a first date because my wife and I knew each other forever. And so it was like retroactively our first date. We were hanging out anyway as friends and then I realized afterwards, because I literally called two of my friends. What You look very confused. I'm just trying to
0: figure out at what point explain. in the evening did you realize it was a date? Okay,
2: great question. Great I want question.
4: To
2: we'll get to that coming up. We're on Sportsman Mike on ESPN Radio. <laughs>
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Shout out
2: to my. So what date is appropriate uh, for flowers? There's a debate
1: here.
0: Th- CC saying fourth. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I think having the flowers delivered is more of a flex than actually giving them the flowers when you see them on a date. So you go to like booths, a, you get them
2: done, like like, that's a, it.
0: like our expert resident social media guy, Rob always says, like, when you show some thought behind something and you make it deliberate, i.e. planning the delivery rather than grabbing flowers last minute, per se, it just it hits different. So I think the delivery is a bigger flex than actually giving the flowers to them when you see him on a date.
2: All right, so you asked me the question about how did I not know my first date with my wife was my first yes. date, right? Yes. Okay, there is a logical explanation for this. So my wife and I have known each other our whole lives and we've been friends for a long period of time. I was living in Florida. She came down to visit. We'd always been friends. She came down to visit. We hung out that night. That was a Friday night, I believe. And I go home. And on the way home, I called two of my friends, girlfriends, not girlfriend, but friends that are girls. And I said, I think she's into me. And they're like, no chance in hell. And they knew her also. Both of them said, there's absolutely no way Whoa. that they she's they think in-
3: she's out of your league? Well, she is. Or is like, that definitive. what they were in? Like, ins- ins- yes. Ins- ins- okay.
2: Yes. And these are people I've known for a long period of time. They're like, no, there's no chance that she's into you. Okay. I said, okay, well, she mentioned that maybe we'd get together again on Sunday because she was in town for the weekend and hang out on Sunday. And they're like, all right, if she reaches out to you to make plans, like for lunch or whatever on Sunday, then you're right. And she did. And so that was it. And literally since then we've been together. So I retroactively look at my first date with her as a night that we just went to dinner as friends. I had no idea about that. Honestly. So she pursued you. No. There's no, there's no way on earth that she could pursue me. But she
3: reached out to you to hang out again on well, Sunday. Well, because
2: she, she lives by her word. She said she would do it. And I'm like, there's no way she's actually going to do it. And she did it. I, couldn't, I still can't believe it. So what day. was the second date? Well, the second date, I think we just got, like, frozen yogurt or something. The first date, we went to dinner, and there's a tennis tournament in Del Rey that I was going to anyway that night. I'm like, do you want to go to tennis? And she's like, I haven't played in forever. I'm like, no, I'm not playing. Watching. And it's, it's sneaky good date. Tennis? At, a tennis, tennis match? Tennis at night. Not, it's like the movie. Not a lot of talking. You talk in between points. You're outside. There's, like, a, there's a nice area Interesting. in that tennis match. Interesting. Did you pay? Of course.
3: Okay, so it was a date.
2: Yeah, but I had well, when you say pay, I had free tickets. <laughs> Just like anything. <laughs> but
3: you went to dinner though. Did you pay for dinner?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I don't maybe, remember you, probably. Cuz maybe maybe you
3: paid and then she's like, "Oh, maybe Evans into me like this." Yeah. He paid for dinner. You go. Didn't so, then he ma- asked to
0: hang out after dinner? Yeah.
3: Tennis after dinner?
0: Hmm. Tennis after dinner doesn't that sound like the, an Evan first date. Tennis
2: after dinner, one thousand percent. I'm telling you, underrated. You, I can see Cece's mind rolling now. He's like, maybe I will take my wife to the U.S. Open this summer at night, and there is kind of a nice. It's nice. It's calm. It's nice. Tennis after dinner. Okay. I'm just saying. Just right. saying. All right. So first date, yes or no for flowers? Third, like, what's our definitive answer here in flowers relative to dates? Third, like- fourth. You're it, has to be, it has to be the fourth date. Fourth yeah. date. Smalls. I'm never
3: going to say no to flowers. I love flowers. But I think if I was going on a first date with someone and they brought flowers, that might be like, okay, wow, it's a lot.
0: Second date, it's okay?
3: Depends on how well the first date went. Like, what uh. if I, what well, if we had a second date. What if we had so much fun, yeah, and there was a second date?
2: See, if you, somebody brings you flowers in the first date, you probably assume they do that for everybody. Right, every first date they're on, that's like their standard mode of operation. Like, I'm gonna bring the roses. Like, they have like 10 of them in their apartment ready to go. I got a date with this person on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know that I've ever done the flowers for a date. Just saying. Just mm. saying. I don't think any flowers are going to be exchanged between Duke and Wake Forest over the weekend. No time so. As uh, Duke was <laughs> upset by Wake Forest on Saturday, the court was stormed by the Wake Forest fans. Kyle Filipowski of Duke had an interaction with some of the Wake Forest fans. Uh, a little bit of an injury now as a result. And he spoke to WFMY News 2 afterwards about that court storming.
0: I felt a bunch of hits on my body. I, You know, I just, this one was the worst of them. It's just really ridiculous of, of how that situation handled. Did you feel like
5: any of it was, was on purpose or was it incidental? I mean, if, punch, I've already
0: heard that there's some videos of getting punched in the back. And so I absolutely feel like it was personal, intentional for sure. You know, like I said, was, there's there's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way up the court and they, they can't just work around me. You know, there's no excuse for that.
2: Well, after he said that, his head coach, John Shire, of Duke, after his team was upset and there was the court storming, had this to say.
5: I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted, Right? in their face, and it's a dangerous thing. You look around the country, and Caitlin Clark, something happens, and now Flip, I don't know what his status is gonna be. He sprains his ankle, and it's one thing, like, when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court, you know, you would storm the court. Now, it's the buzzer doesn't even go off, and they're, they're running on the floor, and this has happened to us a bunch this year. It's part of it. We need to be better. We need to learn from this. That needs to stop.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to pretend that court storming isn't a bit of an issue in terms of player safety. But what Kyle Filipowski did over the weekend, I mean, it didn't necessarily seem like he had any kind of urgency in getting himself out of harm's way. And as a player, you have to have that level of awareness, right? You got to protect yourself. It seems like in a lot of ways he was the one that antagonized that situation by sticking his leg out. And letting that fan that was storming the court trip over his leg. Now, he fell and subsequently got hit by other fans that are storming the court. But it didn't seem like Kyle Filipowski was in a hurry to get himself out of harm's way. And that's absolutely what you should be doing under those circumstances, knowing the type of environment that you're in. So, I'm not going to sit here and victim blame, but at the same time, I don't think that what Kyle Filipowski did is akin to what we saw from Caitlin Clark when she was trying to exit the court earlier this season and ran into somebody that was storming the court. So mm-hmm. I think two things can be true. I think that some of the owners can be placed on Filipowski over the weekend for what happened to him. But I also think that you know court storming in terms of how we protect the players needs to be addressed, needs to be revisited by the NCAA and all of the conferences and collegiate sports.
3: Yeah, it definitely needs to be revisited. When we were just watching the footage again, another thing popped in my mind. After the initial contact was made and he was kind of turned around and all these other fans were running into him, once members of Duke Athletics got a hold of him, they could barely get him off the court and get him where he needed to be because so many fans were running towards them. There was numerous people around him and they could still barely move him out of the way. So that's another thing that needs to be discussed is it's not even just the initial contact, but these people, once they're stuck in the middle of it, can't really even get out. You can't move freely. So that needs to be a part of the conversation as well.
2: Yeah. I'm anti this altogether. I don't think it should happen. I understand the arguments against it. Even if Kyle Filipowski was wrong in the way in which he operated, I still don't think he should be physically close enough to fans storming a court to even have the opportunity to do that move, right? Yeah. If he's if he's going to stick out his leg or bump a fan because of whatever the reason may be. Forget the blame game in what I'm saying right now. Because CC already brought up the fact that it can't just be one side of this, right? I guess what I'm saying is I don't want players and fans to be that close together on a court after an emotional loss for a team where anything like this could happen. I've always said I believe there's more downside than upside with the court storming. So if, if you're going to say, which both of you have said, you're not eliminating it, it will not happen, then there has to be measures taken, have to be measures taken, where we do something here to alter this. Whether it's a shot clock, in essence, for fans to come on the court and then players to walk off the court. And or what I think is actually going to happen, and I think people will rip the players for it ultimately, but they should think twice before doing that, which is I believe that players will be removed from the court that are not on the actual court prior to the game ending if it's a blowout loss in an upset fashion. If Duke is down 10 points with 10 seconds to go and there's a stoppage of play, I believe that you will have the entire Duke bench removed from the bench and you'll, those five guys are going to have to fend for themselves, though, and there will be no handshake line. Big deal.
0: I think it's something as simple as having a half a dozen security staff members there in place to usher the players and the coaches off of the court when the game is over. Mm-hmm. Find the quickest exit out of the away from the court, out of the arena to get the fan uh, to get the players and the coaches to the locker room. That, that's what the security staff has got to be there for. Like I understand that there is typical event security staff that's already in place, but have additional security staff members that are there just to make sure that nobody is hurt in in any event that there could be fans storming the court. Like, that's what you have to do. How can we get the players from the court to the locker room as quickly and as safely as possible under these circumstances? It's clear that you're not just going to have to rely on the assistant coaches and the players to do it themselves. There has to be arena security staff that's there to do it. I I think that's the best way to do it. I don't know that you're going to be able to ban or eliminate court storming altogether. I don't know that it's going to happen. I mean... We are talking about a basketball court. There are a lot of people that are sitting around the court. I mean, it's, it's, it's tens of thousands of fans. If they want to get on the court, they're going to be able to overwhelm whatever security you have in place to get on the court. It's just a matter of being able to get the players and the coaches Away from the court into the locker
3: And they're students, too. Emotionally yeah. charged students who want to be a part of this moment.
2: I guess there's only one other option, and that would be maybe to hire Cam Newton to fight all of them off. Just a thought. <laughs> wow. 888 Say ESPN. 888 What do these sports, college football and basketball specifically, men's and women's, need to do about court storming, if anything? 888 Say ESPN is your telephone number to join the show. Your phone calls on that. Plus, could the number one pick in the draft be traded? We'll get to it. It's on Sportsman presented by Progressive who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done,
0: Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Fans do not belong on the court. I don't like court storms. Never have.
5: When are we going to ban court Like, When are we going to ban them?
0: Someone's going to get hurt. I absolutely feel like it was personal.
2: Someone did get hurt. Blame game up in the air. Well, not for everybody. CC is definitely putting that on Kyle Filipowski. Hopefully he's okay. Not rooting for injury. But at the same time, that kind of position that a player was in, Caitlin Clark earlier this season, is not one that players should ever have to be in. We are on Sportsman presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get your phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN and it's court storming. But um, we heard about someone, a friend, who uh, was given flowers over the weekend on a date. We're debating what date it should be. First, second, third. CC says fourth. Smalls is saying, if you're giving me flowers, I'll take them outside That's of the fun. first date. I'm good. Um, Nuno found something very interesting, and he's right. Good job by Nuno. Holly from our station in Cleveland, ESPN Cleveland, 850 WKNR, um, tweeted into the show at Unsports ESPN. I need the at Unsports ESPN take on using a gift card on a first date.
3: Ooh, on a first date?
2: See, that's the thing. The person that
0: you're Mm -hmm. out on a date with can never know you used the gift card. Yes. So I wouldn't have a problem with using the gift card, but they can never know it. So that means you got to go aside. You got to act like you're you're going to the bathroom. Excuse yourself from the table. Settle up with the wait person, and use the gift card. Then away from the table, so the person that you're with never knows you used it.
3: Smart play. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. Yeah, exactly. You can use it, but you can't put it down when the when the check comes nah, and have that conversation.
2: No, nah. just to play devil's advocate for a second. I'm not saying I would I would do it, but just to play devil's advocate, wouldn't the person you're going on a date with now think you're you're efficient, you're smart, your cost savings? Yeah. Maybe,
3: or they might think that you didn't really want to go on a date. You just had a gift card to use.
2: Exactly. There's that part of it. Now, what if somebody suggests a location because they have it? Like, if you're asking someone out and they say, oh, I'd love to go to X, Y, and Z, and then they have the gift card. The person who gets asked out has the gift card.
3: Wait, you're saying... A
2: guy asks you out. Okay. And you say, hey, I'd love to go to place X. That doesn't happen. Okay.
3: Usually, in my dating experience a guy will say okay we want to go out how, how about tuesday how about eight o'clock they make the reservation the guy has to have the plan the guy has the plan so if the
0: guy doesn't have the plan then she's probably exactly it's probably okay. not <laughs> going to work out anyway so guys, well, here's the, thing. If the if the guy doesn't come up with the plan then she's just going to get a free meal <laughs> so when can when can you
2: use the gift card what date or do you have to be in a relationship
3: i think once it's official you bring out the gift card
2: like oh, we're together. We're we're Facebook official now. I have a twenty five dollars. Facebook, Facebook official. official Whatever. Facebook
0: official is not. A thing. Whatever the hell it is. <laughs> not, I'm so far a, out of Facebook, this. Facebook official. What is it is called? Evan
3: Cohen is in a relationship <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs>
0: relationship
3: status <laughs> uh, official. It's complicated. By the way, I heard a really sneaky good diss about Facebook the other day, where someone said, "You know that person? They look like they're really active on Facebook." Yes.
2: And I was like. Wow, that that says says a lot. That speaks volumes. That speaks volumes. I don't know what's going on now. I'm so old. I have no (laughs) idea what's happening. Jeff in Wisconsin listening on the ESPN app. What's up, Jeff?
6: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call again. Um, So I know this idea will not um, assuage any injury um, ideas, but so if, if they storm the court, And let's say you get 500 students on the field or on the court. Um, You close off all the exits where they can go outside of the court. And then you have cops and security waiting. And you give them, say, $500 fines, $1,000 fines. That would recoup the money that the school has to pay. Because let's face it. If somebody gives you a fine, and your dad has to pay it, who cares? Like you don't care. Like it's not your money. But um, yeah, you you block off so so they can not gotta get out. There's got to
2: be Jeff, Jeff. I'm sorry to interrupt, but there, and thank you for the phone call. There's got to be somewhere in between, like basically fans getting arrested or fined or whatever it is. And you're not, not going to hand out
0: a thousand fines. Yeah, to yeah. Fans. I mean, that's it's not no. going to happen.
2: I, I, I got to be honest, what I thought he was going to say was that you block off all the entrances, you have one exit, and you have to pay an exit fee to get out. Like, all right, here's <laughs> I just stormed the court. Here's $5 for me to leave this. Now, I don't know what's going to happen if they don't. You're going to sleep there? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like, I don't. Th- there's somewhere in between there. AJ and Austin listening on 102.7 in Austin. What's up, AJ? Uh,
6: yeah, i Kind of agree with somewhat of what Chris says about like beefing up security, but a little to a lesser degree, maybe beef up security towards the end of games uh, in one little area where you only have like one or two entrance points onto the court for the court storming. I think that would be a, a solid solution.
2: Yeah, but the, the thing that I would be nervous about, and thanks for the call, would be then everybody trying to get to a certain entrance onto the court, and then, God forbid, people getting trampled there. So the, if you're going to have any kind of court storming, it almost has to be exactly how it's done now, but with better rules and regulations. I think just the countdown clock... Makes a lot of sense if you're gonna. I, now I would outlaw it altogether, but with you guys saying, "Hey, that's not going to happen," the countdown clock to get onto the court is probably the best way of doing it. Yeah, but
0: what's the pushback against having security and a designated exit for the players off the court?
2: No, that's fine. I thought you meant for the, the fans. I agree no. with you on that. Yeah, no. that's good. I'm totally fine with that. No,
0: like I I think you have a half a dozen security staff members there in place to take the team off the court to get the players and the coaches out of harm's way, and you have a designated exit Mm -hmm. from the court that everybody is made aware of from the moment they go into the arena. Like when you go into the locker room, this is the protocol. This is your exit. So if there's a court storming situation, this is where you go to. Yeah. This is the exit that you go to. The security staff members will be in place. We'll get you off the court. You don't have to worry about what happened on Saturday becoming a thing.
3: Yeah. And I, I like the idea about the countdown clock, but you're also putting a lot of hope and stock into the fact that the fans would obey that clock.
0: Yeah, like we're going to have some kind of decorum, right? Like, about oh, well, we're not going to storm the court until 10 seconds after Everybody, all the players, all the coaches get up. No, no, it's not going to happen like that. Yeah. Like it's just, there's just too much structure around something that's emotionally
2: charged. Yeah. I mean, there's another way about it. Don't lose. Uh, Tal in, uh, in Raleigh Fair. on 99.9. Like, honestly, this Fair. happened because Duke lost. If yeah. Duke didn't lose, this doesn't happen. Right. As the better. T- I know you can't control that. There's
3: going to be upsets.
2: But in its simplest form, don't get upset. <laughs> Tal and Raleigh listening on 99.9, the fan.
1: What's up, Tal? Hey. Good morning. It's kind of hard to be able to stop the court storming, and especially if a team feels like they can still win the game. Really, it's going to be up to the coaches um, and maybe some staff say, hey, look, we need to call a timeout, get these guys to the floor. I don't think they're going to win. But when it's close like that, it's kind of hard. And the second thing is there is truck etiquette on the road. Large trucks are supposed to stay to the right unless they're passing or otherwise directed by the um, – Law offices. That's all I'm going to say. You guys have, to have a good. Interesting.
2: It, that is interesting. So that reverts back to something Pat Costello, our producer, said about an hour ago, mm-hmm. and I'm over it. So thank you for listening that long, which is a great thing, by the way, um, that Pat is very annoyed by the big pickup truck or big truck in general. Yeah, Not the 18-wheelers. The 18-wheeler, excuse me, driving on the left lane, that he's saying that there is truck etiquette that you must drive on the right lane. So they're just doing that to screw with Pat is what we're learning. Probably. I'm cool with that. I can that. understand. So that. they cool are with messing that. with us. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that if it's Pat. Uh Eric and Compton listening on seven ten, ESPN in LA. Hello? Hello.
6: Okay, now um I I agree with everybody, but on the thing is what you do quickly, you got cameras in that in every building or every stadium. Once these people come across that line and do with them the storming, you find each one of them $5,000. I ain't talking about the, the school, the people. And since they got 30 days to pay it, or they go to jail for 30 days, and if they minors, have their daddy and their mama pay it. And if they don't pay it, they'll go to jail for 30 days. And I bet you they're be, they going to put that in uh, Congress and try to you know vote on it. Until the vote, they won't run in there. Because the the um all right. the law uh, start right here. Eric, there. Eric, we've,
2: Eric, we've gone a little too Man, don't, far. No, with Congress
6: this. got some other things to worry about.
0: They it. have other storm. storming to worry yeah. about.
2: <laughs> wow, Evan, wow, <laughs> just saying,
0: wow. So, <laughs> first date etiquette. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: I'm just Give saying, Congress.
0: we're going to have wow. Congress worry about court storming. Wow, okay, also, also, I did not see that coming.
3: Imagine <laughs> the manpower it would take to pull the footage, identify all the students, find out where they live, send them the fine.
0: Congress has experience with that apparently. <laughs> oh, now back to first date. <laughs> I just
3: I, I just don't think that's a realistic way yeah, to go nah. about
0: this. No, nah, that's not going to
3: happen. Finding finding students for wanting to celebrate no, the joy of, no. a, of a moment in sports, I think that's a little No, extreme. and
0: they're kids, right? Like we're talking about Come 19, on. 20, 21 year olds. They are They're, they're, they're going to on an adrenaline they're and light. What do we expect? This it's a part of their college experience. Yes. Like they're going to they're going to storm the court. Like trying to ban court storming, it's not going to happen. That's why Tom Crean former basketball coach at Indiana said it, like, it's not going to happen. The best thing that you can do is levy the fines to the schools. Like, I think last week uh, LSU had to pay Kentucky $100,000 because of the court storming. But the court storming was awesome in that moment. Like, yes. that was it was awesome to see that scene and Angel Reese celebrating with her, her counterparts on LSU's male men basketball team. Like, it was, it was cool to have that moment. But we also have to acknowledge, okay, even in having that, we have to have a safe way to remove – the visiting players, the visiting coaching staff, make sure they get out of harm's way. And to me, that's why you bring in additional security staff in order to facilitate that, and you have a game plan with a designated exit that is going to usher all of the coaches and players off the court as quickly as possible.
2: Coming up, we have all the small things. But first, CC has this from Granger. Ah, uh, yes, for
0: the ones who get it done like Wake Forest did
4: Must be
5: 21 plus plus present president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey?
1: <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: That open makes me think of Bing Bong. It makes me think that maybe I should be a Knicks
0: fan. Really? I still need an NBA team. No, no, it's only going to result in heartbreak. Really? Don't do it to yourself. Ask Nuno. I mean, he'll tell you. If you have a choice on whether or not you want to be a Knicks fan, choose not to be. Really? Yes, they will torture you.
3: Even though it feels like things are in a good place and it's uh, trending up.
0: Uh, things are in a good place. I don't know if they're trending up, but they're in a good place. They're at least functional. They're competent, but I don't know if that's going to result in a championship. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't saddle up to ride that horse.
3: I need an NBA team. I need an NFL team. Yeah. I need a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised you're not rolling with the Boston Celtics though. The C's, St. Louis. Tatum. St. Louis is very own.
3: Well, we have a tortured relationship with Boston. St. Louis does. Red Sox and all yeah, four. That's fair. The Bruins, well, Stanley like Cup final that's worked fair. out in our favor. But you know, we but have Tatum a little of people.
0: Tatum is your guy though. The- he believes Listen. he's the face of the NBA moving forward. I
3: over
2: Scotty Barnes? Yeah.
0: <laughs> over- <laughs> Surprisingly. Wow.
3: If Jason Tatum wins a chip, do you think he is the face of the NBA now moving forward?
0: No.
5: Ooh. I
1: he's awesome but I don't know
0: as long as LeBron yes, is if he does, he does, if he does win, win a chip yes
3: I think he could be yes, too because
0: of the franchise that he plays for the I Boston agree. Celtics like the visibility yeah yeah.
3: he does everything right because all of a sudden now he's, he's, like cemented, he's cemented, cemented with
2: those Celtics greats yes like he's, he's up there like, I'm with you yeah. I think he yeah, is why yeah. not because LeBron's still here. I think we, like, we're like we searching for a face. LeBron ain't going anywhere. And if you watch him play, which we all do, he's so much better than anyone else on this team, and they're only competitive because of him. And I'm not, the, I'm not Mr. LeBron James fan, like number one LeBron James fan. But the more you watch him, the more you realize his teams cannot function without him.
0: Well, LeBron James became the face of the NBA while Kobe Bryant was still playing.
2: Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. I don't okay. see it. All right. I still think Wemby.
3: Okay, well, you know who is not in question as the face of college basketball men or women's is Caitlin Clark. So let's start there. Let's start with the superstar herself, Caitlin Clark of Iowa. She got her 16th career triple double yesterday, fresh off of that. Tough loss Thursday at Indiana for the number four Hawkeyes, but they bounced back, unfortunately, against Maya Lina yesterday. 101-85 victory. Kaitlin Clark, 24 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. It was her oh. fifth triple-double this season. Her career total second among NCAA Division I women or men's players, only behind Sabrina Ionescu, who had 16 back in her playing days. And this is what I really wanted to talk about. Caitlin Clark, on top of that, also was immortalized yesterday. The spot where she hit that long range three to become the NCAA women's basketball all time leading scorer two weeks ago. They immortalized that exact spot on the Carver Hawkeye arena floor. It's her name underneath the twenty two, outlined in yellow with the black font there. I love that the decal is immortalized on the floor there. It's just another piece of history that Caitlin Clark has. That's
0: dope. That you that have your sick? name on the court.
3: That spot that-
0: That is awesome. 35
3: feet from the rim. That is great. I know. And and you knew it was
0: going to be one of those shots to break the record, too. Of course. But I just
3: I love that other athletes that are playing after her are going to want to try to hit it from the Clark spot. You know, this is going to be a sweet spot on the floor. I can just imagine that in calls moving forward. I love this. Do
2: you think there's any chance she comes back to college? She technically could. I was just checking out the ESPN.com mock WNBA draft, and she's obviously number one overall to the Indiana Fever is there any chance she's like, I'm going to come back for another year? She technically could. If they don't win, maybe? I, I don't know. I'm just like, does she love it so much? It's her home school. She's like absolutely embraced there in a way that she, she can't be embraced other places. Yeah. She could be the biggest star anywhere she goes, and it's not like playing in Iowa for her. Any chance? Any chance? One percent. Mm, I guess there's
3: always a chance. There's always but,
0: a chance, just because the money in the NIL is so big now,
3: and I she's mean, such it, a star. It's going to
0: rival whatever her contract is early on in the WNBA. So yeah,
3: that is something you would have to think about. It, You're giving up all that NIL money to go up
0: to the a league. A lot of NIL money to go to the WNBA. Big I mean, time. It might be something where she just decides to ride it out in
2: college. and the, and people could say, well, what do you mean? Why couldn't she get endorsement money? Because we don't have the list in front of us of all the NIL money. But I businesses in and around Iowa may want her more than businesses in and around Indiana would want her. Now It's not that they would give, like, they they would still take her. Yeah, There's no
0: guarantee of that. Yeah, plus you have alumni that that are rich and famous from Iowa that can line up to throw as much money at her as they possibly want in order to get her to stay.
3: And you better believe they're
0: going to. Oh, of course they're (laughs) going to. It's a source of pride. I mean, here's somebody that's Iowa born and bred and breaks the all-time scoring record with the Hawkeyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take a pay cut to go to the league. How about that?
3: That's actually Wouldn't crazy a, to think to, about.
0: Take Wouldn't a pay cut to go time. to the league. That is the world oh, yeah, we're living in. all you got to do is ask every SEC player before
2: NIL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every no, no. SEC football player before NIL. Took a pay the, cut to go the, to the NIL. Uh, <laughs> the Fab Five documentary available on ESPN Plus. What were you saying? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, Caitlin Clark is the face of college basketball. Victor Weminyama, we're thinking, could be in the running to be the potential new face of the NBA, maybe after LeBron James. Friday night, he put up some great numbers. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 Steals five blocks, according to our stats and info. He became just the second player to have five blocks and five steals in back-to-back games, joining only Michael Jordan. He's good. He is pretty good. But Victor Wembanyama wasn't pleased with those numbers he put up because the Spurs lost that game to the Lakers one twenty three one eighteen. Here's what Wemby had to say after the game.
0: I mean, it's uh, I wonder if he if he did it in, uh, in wins, not losses, you know, but uh. It's, to me, it's a uh, secondary, you know, hopefully um, in the future we can look back and think this is a, a good performance, you know, but it's, uh, as of today, I'm, you know, I can't be satisfied with a loss
2: good attitude the right attitude the problem is they've had a lot of losses this year they stink they're projected out to right now they have the third worst record in the nba i believe 11 and 47 so coming off of the unfortunate injury that this guy had yesterday i'm gonna or announcement they had i'm gonna put cc to the fire on this one right now who says no let's assume salaries can match the lottery pick the spurs would have for trey young Trey Young Ooh. out four weeks. <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there. Let's say they could figure out a way for salaries to match. Trey Young from Atlanta to San Antonio for their lottery pick, assuming it's not number one overall. Kind of makes sense for both, right?
0: That would be interesting. Yeah, being able to pair a point guard with Victor Webanyama and because of Wemby's size – he can kind of protect Trey Young and not not necessarily the best defender. That's an understatement. It seems like seems like that would be a, a pretty good match. I just don't know if Pop would want to deal with somebody like Trey Young.
2: Okay. Like
0: if Pop if, if, if Trey Young would be a Pop point guard. Like it just doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily fit in terms of the mold that we've seen down there in San Antonio for the last couple of decades.
3: Uh, That's right, awesome. Well, last story, somebody who is a fit, Cody Bellinger with the Cubs. Wanted to give a shout out to them. I thought that this was a great move. Jeff Passon reporting, Cody Bellinger, three-year, $80 million deal with Chicago. He was in a tough spot coming out of L.A. last year, heading into the Cubs on a one-year prove-it deal. He had a great resurgent year. I thought this was a very smart move for the Cubs to bring him back, especially at this cost.
2: Why is Major League Baseball free agency still going on? They don't know how to do this. I'm sorry. There's no launch date. There's no end date. We Blake Snell is still a free agent, right? I mean, this is a Cy Young pitcher that people have talked about with the Yankees. They gotta figure this out. This is—it's like embarrassing that free agency is still going on. I'm sorry. Congratulations to Cody Bellinger. Cubs got an MVP. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, good.
6: There you go. Great
0: deal. Not great for your cards. Though. We're on
1: Sportsman.
2: We're
0: like, so
6: favorite in the division.
1: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on SiriusXM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
5: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working.